So should I stay or should I to go? The Togo, specifically in LA, just really fits the lifestyle. Everyone hung out here, all of the young Hollywood of the early 2000s. It's like it has a story and it has a history. It has a soul. Investigation is making progress, and the women I've met in California have helped me understand that the Togo is nomadic and doesn't like being abandoned. But I'm still missing some intel about its identity, the story of its birth, the story of its designer, and the revolution it apparently embodies. What's great with this magic couch is that we can teleport back to France and heading east to Montagneux a small village on the foothills of the Jura. This is where it all started, the birthplace of the Togo. I'm meeting with Michel Rosé, president of the Rosé Group. He's the son of Jean Rosé. In the 70s, Jean felt that the world was changing and he found young designers to imagine visionary furniture reflecting that era. Jean's house is at the end of the lane and Michel Rosé is giving me a tour. Michel Rosé, we are entering your father's house. All right, let's go. I love this house. It's unoccupied. It's missing humans. You don't come very often. No. No, it's a house with no objects, although it's full. There are many items that reflect your father's presence. Yes, it's a little nostalgic. Let's go upstairs. I'm taking you to the mezzanine. <laughs> okay, let's sprawl on the Togo to do the interview. That's okay with you? Let's sprawl. Actually, I like iconic. Iconic is something that speaks to everyone and is recognized by everyone, which are both great qualities. 1973 was a revolutionary time in France and in the world. It's true. At that time, there was a will for change. 1968 was the wake-up call. Simone de Beauvoir was around. A lot of things were being claimed. The sofa we are both sitting on, with its recognizable folds. How does it fit into the society of emancipation in the 70s? It's easier to make love on a Togo than on a Louis XV or Louis XVI armchair, obviously. It's kind of the make-love-not-war couch. It was peace and love, in fact. It's a couch that pleases your eye and your bottom. And it also pleases the intellect by its design. It's a sociological product par excellence. Roland Barthes didn't know it, unfortunately. But it would have been a good thing. It would have been part of his mythologies. 
It was a plaidoyer for a different life. Change and live differently. Live close to the ground. At first, our clients were teachers. We didn't necessarily have big finance firms or doctors. Is it a socialist couch? Well, sort of. I think many clients were left-wing. If we were to make a count, maybe we would reach an absolute majority for once. Fifty years, what does it mean to turn 50? Well, you're on a slippery slope. The Togo is not. It's a beautiful age. It's in the prime of life. Were you happy when you were 50? I preferred 45. The Togo ages well. Ah, the Togo, it's forever young. It has a young mindset. Voilà, you need to take inspiration from the Togo, Michel. Eh bien, voilà. Michel Rosé is a state of the family, a romantic who probably lived his best life in the 70s. In the team, there is also his brother, Pierre, a smart and meticulous man. And together, they co-manage the company. Time to hit the road again. I'm driving around the countryside to the neighboring village of Briore. Now we are arriving at the core, the Rosé headquarters, close to the manufacturing workshops. Pierre Rosé is waiting in his office to speak about the birth of Togo. I witnessed the birth of the Togo because I was already in the company since I graduated from ESSEC in 1970 and the Togo was created in 73. So Michel Ducarrois designed the Togo. How did it happen? He came up with this design, this model, and above all, the way it was built. Because one of the first originalities, as claimed by Ligne Rosé, is that we were able to manufacture a seat without any firm structure. He made a model, a construction, entirely made of foam. For sure, this model provides extraordinary comfort. You can fall asleep on it very pleasantly. It's a metaphor for an easy life. A lively home too. For a lively home too. I completely agree. To be honest, you can appreciate an author, but you're not in their head. And you can't go and explain how the quality of the drawing originated. What was the idea behind the drawing? It's a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery. When the Togo first came out, were the dealers telling you, I'll never sell this couch, it won't work, it's too weird, it can be sold? Some distributors, indeed, had announced the imminent bankruptcy of Rosé when they embarked on this adventure. They said that this sofa was far too different from the way couches were designed at the time. Well, history proved them wrong. They were so wrong that today it's the emblem of the brand. It's the emblem of the brand. It's the favorite. Is the Togo male or female? 
Alors, je crois qu'il est essentiellement féminin. I think it's essentially female. That's what makes it attractive. It's very sensual, like a perfectly designed dress. We don't know much about the father of the Togo, the designer Michel Ducarrois. I think he was very discreet. I came across this archive, an article from July 72 taken from La Revue des Industries d'Art. It states that Michel Ducarrois' vocation goes back to his childhood. He's a grandson of a furniture manufacturer. He graduated from the Beaux-Arts of Lyon. In 1954, Ducarrois created seats for Rosé intended for mass distribution. In 1960, he ran the company's design office. He created the Togo in 1973 and received the René Gabriel Prize at the Salon des Arts Ménagers, honoring his work of innovation and democratization. And right next to the article, there is a black and white picture of him. He has a skinny face and piercing eyes. He was a very sensitive man who gave the impression of being a little cold, but he was an artist at heart and also a progressive. He was simple, curt, but all of his sofas are very curvy and completely different from him. He was a sociable person, very agreeable. He was very artistically developed and knew how to handle different materials. He also knew a lot about tapestry and particularly sewing. He was always quick off the mark. He expressed himself in a very direct way. Maybe he was more sensual than he appeared. This can happen, luckily. He may have incarnated himself into the Togo so he could be sitting on Michel Dukawa. <laughs> Michel Ducarrois revolutionized the way we sit to create an avant-garde and legendary couch. But before the Togo, there were other modular sofas already. The Asmara, with its wavy shapes created by Bernard Gauvin in the 60s, or the pumpkin imagined by Pierre Paulin in 71 for the private apartments of President Pompidou at the Élysée Palace. The Élysée That gives me an idea. In the beginning, how did people sit? If I want to dig even deeper, dig into the origins of the sofa, I must go visit the collection storage of the Mobilier National. Located in the south of Paris, it's the former furniture storage of the royal family created in 1663 by Louis XIV and Jean-Baptiste Colbert. It's a perfect place to find out who invented the sofa. Did our ancestors sit on the floor? And what about Togo? Where does it fit in this grand story? Emmanuel Pénicaud is the director of collections at the Mobilier National and he knows everything about the history of humans sitting or lying down. Come on, I'm taking you to the Temple of Divans. It's divine. 
on s'assied pour se reposer. We sit down to rest, we sit down to eat as well. The table, the chair and the bench all date back to Roman times. Le canapé, c'est une But the sofa is a 17th century invention. On l'appelle à ce moment-là. At that time, it was called a wide armchair. So what do we do on this wide armchair? On peut s'asseoir confortablement. We can sit comfortably together with several people. Ce qui est important. What's important for a sofa is comfort. Les premières images montrant des canapés. The first images showing sofas appear during the reign of Louis XIV in the years 1660 to 1670. The oriental sofa was basically a higher than usual bench to sit on. But we can see by comparing the bench seat to the sofa that there are obviously similarities that can't be denied. So the Eastern and other civilizations had invented the sofa before us. Yes, absolutely. It's probably linked to the consumption of opium and the fact that you need to lie down on a bench to smoke opium. So we are in Tintin and the Blue Lotus. The parallel is quite relevant, more or less. Do you make a connection between these sofas, where people would smoke opium, and the birth, for example, of the Togo designed by Michel Ducarrois in 73? At the time when flower power was promoted throughout the West, in the late 60s, early 70s? Not quite, actually. Because the arrival of opium dates from the end of the 19th century, and the Japanese-inspired Orientalist movement in furniture and design dates from Napoleon III. This is where the coffee table comes in. And with the coffee table comes the habit of lowering seats. And it was at the end of the 19th century that we began to upholster sofas, to lower them in some way to allow the consumption of opiates in the Oriental way. They didn't invent anything. So the 70s didn't invent anything completely new from this perspective. Emmanuel Pénicaud, in this fabulous collection of seats that you have here at the Mobilier National, What's the closest to a low seat? We can take a look at the Paulin sofa. It's from 1971, two years before the Togo, and yet there's a link between the two models. If you look at the sofa designed by Paulin for the Élysée Palace in 1971, you realize that the arms were beginning to get lower and that comfort above all was of the essence. The comfort provided by the foam and by this very rounded, very curved shape. Very organic. Yes, it's very organic and Ducarrois used this too for the Togo. And all of a sudden, Pierre Paulin introduces a notion of coolness and relaxation. I don't know if that's how he sold it to the Élysée Palace. <laughs> But Paulin did want to make something modern. And do you think President Pompidou also wanted to give that impression by choosing this sofa and the pumpkin seats? Oh, certainly. We can clearly see that under the Fifth Republic, each President wanted to give a certain image of France by their furniture. 
est-ce qu'il y avait Were there modular sofas in other eras? Le 18e siècle avait inventé The 18th century invented modular seats with what's called the broken duchess, a sort of two-piece lounge chair. Le canapé en inventant The 19th century innovated by inventing the love seat. There were sofas with weird shapes. Eh bien, je vais vous montrer l'archétype. I'll show you the archetype of French furniture, which is the Louis the 16th armchair. Ah oui, bah oui, oui. Ah yes, well, we know this one. Voilà, c'est un canapé. This is a Louis the 16th sofa. I was about to say a sofa just as we like them. La particularité du style Louis XVI. The particularity of the Louis the 16th style is that it has reached a bit like the Togo, a universal dimension. These are seats which for their time have achieved a kind of aesthetic balance. Qui a fait que dans le monde entier aujourd'hui, on copie ce style. In the whole world today, this Louis the 16th style is being copied. On dit souvent que la France a cette chance d'être le pays au France is lucky to be the country in the world which has invented the most styles of decorative arts. France is known all over the world for the 30 or so styles it's given the world in a way. And then some of these styles have acquired a universal dimension. Il faut reconnaître qu'il y a en France une sorte de génie créateur. We have to recognize that there's a kind of creative genius in France that's carried on through the centuries and we should rejoice in it. The strength of Togo may be that it succeeded in being exactly halfway between the bench and the sofa. The sofa lovers appreciate it, thinking it's a simplified and comfortable sofa. And the bench supporters think here's a slightly improved bench, which can be placed in any interior. Thanks to Emmanuel Penico, I know now that the Louis XVI's armchair and Michel Ducarrois' Togo have both acquired a universal dimension thanks to a perfect balance and perfect craftsmanship. That is French savoir-faire. I just had a revelation. The Togo replaced the classical Louis XVI's armchair in your home as if he had cut off the king's head. It has therefore been revolutionary for longer than May 68. But how can it be both revolutionary and a great classic? There is something about this couch, a secret I haven't discovered yet. I don't know, it must be hidden somewhere, maybe in its folds. Well, that reminds me of the poet Henri Michaud who wrote Life in the Folds. Hmm, now I want to dismantle it, open it up, and I think that's what I'm going to do.